Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Blog Talk Radio, and it's Tuesday, and we're about a half hour later than we publicized, and hopefully some of you caught that, but uh, if not, uh, you're hearing us later on, it won't matter, because uh, most of you we know listen uh, as a podcast. So uh, welcome, welcome everyone. I, I was looking at my title. I titled this Doug, Doug Stevens uh, Returns to Blog Talk Radio. It, it really should be Blog Talk Radio Returns to Doug Stevens because Doug, Doug was our last guest. And uh, that was a number of weeks ago. So we, uh, we are back. And it's, uh, not, uh, and it's, it's perfect that we bring Doug back. To, to celebrate our our return and uh, uh, I am committed to uh, making this uh, a, uh, a a strong part of the catch. So we've been uh, we've been a little bit lax and I apologize for that. And uh, we're going to start we're going to start uh, uh, start new. Yeah, like my my good friend. Um, Terry Scott Taylor wrote a song, Come Monday. You know, <laughs> Come Monday, everything will, everything will be different. <laughs> Great song. Well, um, Doug is not a, uh, a new name uh, to any of you because he's been on a number of times, and as I say, even the last time. But uh, he's, a, he's a mentor. He's been a pastor for for churches, uh, California, Arizona, Kansas, Texas, uh, lives in uh, Austin now, and uh, but uh, he's he, I just love talking to Doug because he's got he's got a uh, well he's he's brilliant and and he's compassionate and he's got a real heart for people and um, at the same time. Uh, a real finger on the culture and that's really what we are all about here in the catch uh trying to bring faith real faith to to real life that we live every day and uh that's our focus and uh, there's nobody i know who can uh, talk about stuff like that better than doug can so um doug welcome back to uh blog talk radio well, thank you very much. I'm delighted uh, to be back, and uh, I'm used to being fashionably late, so no problem, John. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank you for being flexible um, to add this ha- extra half hour. So here we are. Uh, boy, what a time we are in! And uh, yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about all of that later. But I, I would actually like to start in with the catch. Uh, that I wrote today and that 
that was really all about um, the divide, the incredible divide that we have going on in our country. And I've been talking about this for some time, but I, it is getting worse and worse. I had no idea it was going to be like this. I even heard, I even heard uh, some pundits saying, and I wrote about this this morning. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you heard this, Doug, but if, um, if, if the Democrats uh, win the election in November, um, well, all the right-wing folks are going to take up arms against them. And uh, uh, if the Republicans win, all the left-wing folks are going to secede from the country and form their own country. And uh, so pick your these people were serious. Yeah. These people were serious I've, about what they're saying. Yes, right. Right. And uh, yeah. well, the the pandemic, of course, has exacerbated the division we had already going into this year. So here we are. And it's not going to get any better anytime sooner. It doesn't look like. And uh, what on earth are we going to do about that as Christians? Uh, I, I think we're, you know, I, yeah, I, I, Unfortunately, unfortunately, um, it, it is perceived that we have already joined the fray on one particular side, and uh, that's sort of the assumption that uh, Christians and/or evangelicals, you know, have uh, have moved to the right and are aligned with uh, with with that with that party with that um, ideology. Yeah. And so it, it it looks like we are partisans in, in this battle. Um, others would take. Um, a different position, as would I, that we should be not partisans in this battle, but we we need to rise above it. Now that's that's a very tricky thing to do, mm-hmm. and it's not an escape. It's not an escape. It's uh, I think allegiance to a higher authority and a higher cause. So, yeah, we could talk about that if you want. <laughs> yeah, well, I you know I brought up uh, this morning um, uh, one of my favorite favorite passages is in Joshua five, where Joshua is headed out. They've crossed the Jordan. They're, you know, they've had some victories already. He's ready to go. They're headed to Jericho, and suddenly he runs into this, this, this man with a sword drawn, and uh, obviously a, the appearance of a very powerful warrior. And uh, uh, <laughs> Joshua goes, "Are you? Are you?" For, are you for us or with our are you with us or with our enemies? And uh, I love the answer. The answer is no. <laughs> Neither. Neither one. Well, I I am I represent I'm with the leader of the armies of the Lord. And uh, yeah, commander boy, of the armies of the Lord. Yeah. How you know formidable uh, figure. How can we do? Is there? How do we rise above this? Doug, you got any? Well, I think one thing that, yeah, I, I have uh, a thought or two, perhaps. Um, I think one of the things that is missing and that we ought to be, those of us that are followers of Christ or claim to be anyway, um, what, what we're missing um, and, and what could allow us to be very helpful in this crisis, even as late as it is, as, as deep uh, and ingrained as it is, is what's missing is empathy. Um the ability to sit and listen to somebody's experience 
and their feelings and their thoughts and to begin to connect with those and identify with people because there are people all over the map that have grievances and many of them are, I mean, they're real and imagined. I understand that. Mine are as well. So we human beings have a way of distorting, you know, the facts. But we do have our own experience and that experience can harden into a conviction and that conviction could be dead wrong, but I want to hear someone's experience, and I make it a habit, uh, a practice of sitting with people all across this spectrum and other um, mm-hmm. uh, situations as well, and, and, and listening to them, uh, first of all, in order to really understand, secondly, to earn the right to then speak into their lives a bit and mm-hmm. offer another experience, perhaps, perhaps a broader perspective, which I think we need to bring, especially as followers of Christ. Um, and so in order to go through this uh, uh, crisis now and to go through this experience, this, this season of division, I think we have to rise above it, which is not easy to do, but not to escape it, to go through it and yeah. to go through it with, with wisdom. Um, and I think that, first of all, we have to make a relational connection in order to have any influence here. And in some cases, that's going to be almost impossible, although I don't want to write anybody off. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've I've been surprised at people's receptivity once um, love is uh, willing to find a way, which is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, I think we can at least find a platform for a dialogue that might take us beyond just the, the sound bites and the, uh, 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 you know, the, the coding that, that, that happens into something a little yeah. bit more realistic and therefore more, uh, more susceptible to uh, to influence if if in fact the uh, the re- the reality which is always larger than our partisan point of view and our filters um, if we can begin to see that uh, we can be- begin to make some new connections at least that's my hope and I've seen it happen and I believe it and I'm going to I'm going to go in that direction. Um, so it's possible then to empathy uh, is the opening is what I'm saying. Okay, so. and then is it possible to empathize with empathize with that person who might be our perceived enemy? Uh, I hope so. Um, I think God calls us to do that, and um, if we look at the relational uh, versatility of Jesus himself, we watch him with um, all kinds of folks from all kinds of backgrounds, and the way he draws followers from impossible um, backgrounds in terms of the division between them, whether it's the the 12 disciples, and one of them is a, is a zealot, and one of them is a tax collector working for the uh, establishment. Uh, we see him bring them together because there is a higher calling and there's a greater purpose, and people ha- people are, are losing that sense of what that might be right now because right now it's become about survival. And so if you are in any way perceived as a threat to that, then you are mm-hmm. by definition my enemy. I don't even want to listen to you. We're not even going to talk. We're just yeah. gonna, We're just going to yeah. fight it out. Um, do you think it's necessary to disengage uh, uh, from one side or the other if we're going to uh, take a higher road? Well, I think it's necessary to disengage from certain kinds of conversations that are unproductive, that are, um, you know, pure, uh, um, purely emotive and and uh, a, a kind of a rant, I, but I but I think that we need to constantly be trying to redirect to something that's deeper and wiser and 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 truly more authentic, more experiential, to help people reinterpret that experience. Um, 
that's not easy to do always. And so in my writing, in my conversations, in my dialogue, including with people who are at extremes on one side or the other, um, I'm constantly trying to pose an alternative way of, of, of looking at this uh, situation, something that's more constructive and something that ultimately um, I, th- I think sustains or, or confirms the, the wisdom that we have in, in the words of Christ, the teaching of Christ about how we, yeah. how we navigate in this impossible world that is constantly in crisis, but especially right now, there's no question about that. Uh, I'm just thinking about my myself and um the the huge uh temptation that there is because of the way the rhetoric uh with the internet and all of that is so pumped up and yeah. um yeah. Sure. so so black or white you're either with us or you're not and if you're over there you you know and and then we demonize and and degrade everybody and i tell you it's tempting. I mean, I, I can, I can catch myself going to, are, are these people really thinking like this? I mean, how stupid can you be? And, uh, and, and I think that, and uh, I'm going, well, now I don't think that's a real godly thought. right there. Yeah. I mean, do we have to, do we have to start, start right there? Do we have to start maybe, uh, you know, working on our own thought processes. I want to I want to make a distinction between what a person uh, believes and what they know. If I simply ask them, or if they're just talking about what they believe, um, that's already kind of set in stone. What they know is basically it's it's underneath that, and often it's um, uh, it's not explicit. So I want to ask questions about what you know, and only and you can only know what you. Um, uh, have experienced or what you get from other sources based on their experience or whatever their agenda happens to be. And then I want to, I want to, um, I want to unpack that a bit. So how do you know what you know? This is the, the epistemological question to use a philosophical term. Yeah. Uh, what you believe is probably just, um, you know, some mantra, some uh, motto that you're reproducing. I want to know, I want to know what you know or what you think you know and uh, I'm going to get closer to your soul when I do that. Otherwise, mm. I'm just getting um, rhetoric off the top, and that's not going to be helpful. Mm. Uh, I want to okay, go back to what you know. Yeah. I want to go back to what you believe you know uh, from your own experience or what you're being told by other people, and how do you, how do you, um, how do you ascertain, how do you discern whether or not what you're getting is uh, is the truth, and that's hard these days because we live in a post-truth yeah. you know era, and uh, everything is propaganda. There's very little uh, actual proclamation based on what people know. It's based on prior beliefs, and so we get pre- presuppositions that are just reinforced. And so you know we have the dialogue of the deaf, and we all live in an echo chamber. And uh, uh, if we can go back to what you know, then we can reconstruct what it is that you believe based on uh, proper interpretation of that. When I say proper, I mean one that corresponds to reality, and we then begin to muse over the meaning of that, and ultimately out of that comes a sense of our purpose, because we want to align with the meaning. Um, If the meaning has just been sort of force-fed to us, is prepackaged for us, 
then we have a belief system that's very thin and probably not very well supported and probably really aligned with somebody else's agenda, which might be actually kind of hidden from us. And in politics, we have a lot of hidden agendas, Mm -hmm. obviously. So I want to have, I want to have agendas being surfaced here and I want to know what their support is. And ultimately I believe at a spiritual level, we're going to come back to the foundation, which is God and what God says is real. And I want to, I want to get back to that. And I believe if people are being honest, ultimately they'll get to a place where they recognize, you know, the reality, the truth of what it is that God proclaims as real uh, because he's the one who designed all of this, and he's the one who knows me knows us better than we know ourselves. So hmm. there's just a, a way of getting underneath that, but you have to you have to be talking to somebody who's willing to have that kind of conversation that isn't already kind of sewed up tight with uh, foregone conclusions. Yeah, yeah. Doug, can we go a little deeper into that? I I love this idea of uh, what you know versus what you believe, which is the more rhetoric thing uh the 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 stuff that's all out front the stuff we read and uh you know on the internet what you know being in your soul uh as you brought out or uh, the true meaning that that you adhere to in life how do we how do we get to that can you give us some questions maybe or some how, how do we determine that, discern that from a, in a conversation with somebody okay. maybe? Okay. This, this is a bit dense philosophically, so I'm, trying to, I'm yeah. trying to get back to something practical, which is what you want to push me toward. I mean, what <laughs> you believe generally is what you've been told. Someone, is else, someone else has told you what to believe. So, okay, I want to hear what that is, but then I want to sort of push that aside for just a moment. You can still believe that if you want to. But um, what do you know? And that comes out of your experience. And now we have to begin to tell a story. And then we have to begin to make sense out of that story and reconstruct that story and reassemble that story into a more adequate belief that corresponds to reality, which means that since no one of us has all the, uh, you know, our experience doesn't cover all of reality, we, uh, we, we learn by sharing that with each other and uh, then ultimately, I believe what I want to do ultimately is revisit the story that m- many of us have forgotten, which is the story of God and God's uh, involvement, intervention in this world. And how does my story align with that story? Because mm. we've gotten far afield from that and created, you know, this battlefield that is full of blood right now. Mm. Mm. Boy. And and I... it's it's even harder right now to do that because we're all inflamed. We're all so nervous about this virus. And either because we are afraid of it or because we think the government is, is has invented something and contrived something, or somebody has, and therefore our freedoms are being taken away from us. So we're, there's fear on both sides of that. And how you plow through that fear is, uh, is the question of the day. And uh, so we ourselves have to, first of all, you know, confront our own fears and get through this. The first thing you want to do in a crisis, as they say, if you're a first responder, is you have to secure yourself. Make sure that you have found a way to um, um, to process the the fears that we all feel because we're human, um, but we can't live there. We can't stay there living in that fear. Like we can't live with anger. We can't live with sadness becoming just a deep down depression that becomes despair. We can't stay there. We're going to feel those things, but how do we actually navigate that? So if I can suggest something without getting into too long of a lecture here, I think there's a way to secure ourselves. And I think it 
it begins with a lament because this, these are sad times and they're they're really hard yeah. times and we're worried about yeah. people's health and we're worried about business and we're worried about you know the political divide that you mentioned and we're worried about the minorities who are suffering disproportionately both in terms of health and income and and and, and work. Mm-hmm. So it begins with a lament. I think we have to sit with people like Job sat with his friends or his friends sat with him. And and join the lament without uh, you know pontificating, and then mm. I think we need to struggle to rediscover the peace even in the midst of the lament, and that now becomes instantly a spiritual question: Where do you go to find that? Well, there's a peace that passes understanding that is greater than that tr- transcends the difficulties that we're facing. And out of the peace, I believe, comes confidence now, because I have a platform. I found my footing. And I think out of that we can unleash compassion, and finally we can find the courage to do whatever we've got to do. I think it kind of goes, flows like that, and I think that's wow. how we secure ourselves in any crisis. That's beautiful. That's a, that's kind of a spiritual first responder. <laughs> it, it is, and you know we're 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 caught so off guard because we've had a ten-year run of uh, of affluence here like the world has never seen in the last decade. And and it was going to go on forever, as far as we knew, and uh, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we have this virus, which in two months has taken more lives than the Vietnam War took over ten years. Mm-hmm. Wow! And we don't know where it's going to strike next, and we don't even understand how how it works. Even Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, they don't even understand it completely. They're they're continually, you know, and all of those who are working along with them, whom we appreciate greatly for their wisdom. And they're trying to give us the facts. They're trying to tell us what we should know, not just believe, mm-hmm. but what we should yeah. know. And they're giving that to us, but we're still, you know, building on that. So we can't put our full confidence in even in their conclusions. And all around us, of course, all the idols are crumbling. All the all the places we've looked to for hope and to kind of steady us and to kind of make life meaningful, whether it happens to be entertainment or sports or education or or government or you know whatever it is we think we knew and could then predict our lives in the, into the future, that that's all gone. So we're back to a real spiritual baseline that leaves many of us floundering. Okay, Doug, I'm going to ask you a tough one now. Um, okay. I'm I'm going to ask if there is a way. How I just got to phrase this right. Um, how can you? Is there a way to tell whether a person is talking about what they know, or if they're ta- or are they talking about what they've been told? Well, most of us start with what we've been told because we're more confident in what other people have told us than, you know, what we have bothered to um, explore for ourselves and discover. Um, that, that's kind of who we are. We're, we're consumers of, of the ideology of other people. And we all feel like we have to identify ourselves by some tribe that mm. is uh, partisan in some way. And then we build up, you know, these emotional loyalties. It becomes our family. And then we can't, we can't change our mind even if the facts blow us away. Uh, so then we get into this sort of dissonance between what we know and what we believe. We suspect we know some things. We see some, we see some problems with this. We can, but we can't keep an open mind because we've already stamped a belief, you know, into our into our resume. 
And so that's why, you know, that's why human beings get into trouble. We need something large enough, a story that's big enough, something that's, that's so true that it can withstand, um, you know, any experience or circumstance or threat. And uh, no human ideology can do that. They, they all fall apart. So eventually. Would this, would, would this be one way you might be able to tell then uh, if a person is, well, for one, is somewhat humble and also if a person gives you the impression that they they're trying to figure it out they they don't know the answers they may yeah, the be person, the person who has all the answers is already you know unavailable for dialogue the person who begins with the conclusion uh, the person who's already cynical about any other any other point of view is is difficult to reach so um I'm looking for your heart, not just what's um, you know apparent uh, mm-hmm. on, on the top of your head. I, I want to know what's going on in your heart, and that will cause you to be humble because then you'll be open, saying, "I don't have all the answers. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but I'm learning. I'm growing. I've got something." Um, and uh, yeah, I I, I yeah. think there are ways of we we have we have to begin to share stories and experience. And find out that uh, life is uh, full of uncertainty and ambiguity and complexity. It is, but but and you can sort of at the you know at some point and some people are already doing this are saying well then I give up you know there's there's nothing I'm a nihilist you know there's there's nothing I can really count on. But um, as it turns out there is and we have to explore you know the basis upon which we believe what we believe which is the bottom line. And uh, has God really entered our world? And do we have any revelation that we can we can build a life upon that can that can weather the, the worst kinds of storms that, that that batter us as is happening right now? Hmm. And that does require humility. I, your first word, um, you know, struck a chord immediately. Yes, there is a humility, and humility um, humility and and confidence go together. Um, I, 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 there's, I don't know a lot of things, but a few things I do know, I have learned and, uh, it's, it's in my heart and I've experienced God intervening in my world. And so I know that, but I don't get very dogmatic about what that looks like in all circumstances because I don't know. What I do know is God is real. God is loving. God is involved. God is God is um, God has got this, I believe, and is working something out for our good if we put our faith in Him and trust Him to do that. Um, and anything else I put my trust in is uh, is is dust in the wind. And and hmm. right now we just we just see that. I mean, they took away my NBA season. How can they yeah. do that? <laughs> you know, I practically worship Steph Curry and the Warriors. You know, of course they were having a bad yeah. year anyway, so who cares? But um, all of these things that I used to count on, you know, in religion might have been an add-on. Right now, the spiritual question is front and center, and you can't you can't duck it unless you just, uh, you know, uh, retreat from reality altogether. Doug, I had three tickets uh, to three spring training games. Oh, and, yeah. I know. And uh, they shut those in down. Phoenix. Day before, the day before, I was scheduled to. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good I thing look, you didn't. Uh, you didn't I look forward yeah. to that weekend all year long, and uh, I haven't yeah, I gotten over that yet. <laughs> well, so, John, uh, you, you your idolatry has been exposed here, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it sure has. Well, we've only got a few more minutes left, so uh, let let's let's just throw open the bigger question of this this whole world crisis, this pandemic that we are facing, um, and how do we face that as as Christians? Is it uh, you know how do we face that without being simplistic? If you know what I mean. Well, there's there's a couple of things we 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 have to do, and I think as we secure ourselves uh, in this crisis, and we we do it thoughtfully, and and mm-hmm. we do it um, recognizing that only by the grace of God we're going to survive this and even thrive in this, because that's the promise we can actually thrive under any circumstance. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote, uh, "I've learned the secret of being content in any circumstance." You know, whether whether very rich and affluent, everything's going my way, or everything is on top of me. And, and Paul went through both. I mean, he was he was uh, put in some awful situations, and uh, you know, nearly lost his life several times, and was in prison, and and is writing letters while he's chained, and uh, he's talking about this joy that he experiences. I mean, the man is either crazy, or he's onto something that the rest of us need need to discover and, and grab a hold of. So. What we're called to do in the worst of times, and we need to be this light, and Christians throughout the centuries, when, when they've figured it out, when they're li- living on, on this platform of, of real faith, of real solid faith, is uh, they become the caregivers. They become the helpers. They're the ones who rush toward the sound of gunfire, and they become those who help and serve and care. And they do it because they have the confidence that is God is with us, and there's something at the end, there's history is going somewhere where everything that is wrong is going to be righted and every tear mm. is going to be wiped away. So mm. we don't mm. have any guarantee about this moment except that he is with us. God is with us. He has not abandoned us. He is for us. He is not against us. And uh, so we can we, we can uh, turn our, our, our anxieties over to him and allow him to deal with that. And we can give ourselves, we can uh, give ourselves recklessly into into caring, to serving, to loving, and then we lean hard into the hope that we have, and it becomes contagious because everybody right now is looking for the. Our hope is in what? Well, it's not in so many things that we used to be hopeful yeah. about. Mm. Um, you know, we can't even make plans about going back to college in the fall for sure. We can't make plans about opening, reopening our small business. Uh, mm-hmm. We 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 we. We can't. We, we're postponing elective surgeries that really are pretty crucial because we can't find the place that will will take us. Mm. The hospitals are busy and they're reserving space for for this virus. So um, our our hope has to be a sure hope based on a relationship we have that is solid, and it's something that we have come to not just believe but know, and we know it experientially, and we know it because we've heard the witnesses of others who have experienced it. And then that becomes, it congeals into a, a belief that is um, not some kind of do- dogmatic, uh, um, you know, you must believe what I believe. But I have come, mm-hmm. I know this, it's now my true north. It's the north star. It's where I'm going. And I'm going there regardless because God has shown the way. And in Christ in particular, you know, I have the tangible evidence of God's involvement in our world and what kind of God, what kind of character this, this God has. Hmm. Wow. Doug, this has been great. You, you, uh, in a short period of time, you've given us 
some some handles, some real things to grab on. You gave me some, so uh, I I just want to thank you for uh, lending your thoughts and uh, being with us uh, today. Well, for thanks for happening. stimulating us with great questions, and, and me included, and to recognize <laughs> that we've got to you know, exercise something I you know that's that's called discernment to go from okay the experience that we have. And now out of that discerning mm-hmm. to gain some wisdom about how to move forward into the future. And we certainly can't do it without a substantive hope, not a wished for, not a wouldn't it be nice to recognize that the one who created all of this is personally interested in and involved in. Um, and like Joshua wandering out there, you know, thinking mm-hmm. that he had to make this happen, realizing that God was way ahead of him, already had a plan for the, uh, for the battle that was coming. Hmm. Amen. Well, well, thank you, Doug. Bless you and your family, and stay safe. And uh, enjoy. Well, your... Thank you, John. You as well, my brother. Enjoy Keep doing what home. you're doing. Go strong. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. And, uh, this, Thanks a lot. This won't be the last time at all. So we'll see you again soon. Okay. Okay. See you next friend. time. All right. Bye. Woo. That was good. Wasn't that good? Tell your friends to listen to this one. I gotta sit down and start writing some of this now. I couldn't write that enough. I'm not just going to say peace. Watch that video. Watch that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.